Welcome to track number two of The Powers of a Cross. Now this is a shepherd's camp. So I want to start with the goals of a shepherd. Number one. The first goal of a shepherd is to become a good shepherd. All right? How many want to be good shepherds? Yes. You see, even if you don't do it so in full time, you know, you must do it well. Amen? God wants you to do it well. So all of us here, I believe, are shepherds or almost shepherds or pastors are shepherds, you know. And um, I want you to aim. I'm I'm sharing with you the three goals of a shepherd, right? And one of these goals is to become a good shepherd. And in John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. So there are good shepherds and there are bad shepherds. Is that not so? So John chapter 10 verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. So to be a good shepherd, you must give your life. He, he actually explains what a good shepherd is. And a good shepherd is someone who gives his life for the sheep. Alright? It's very, very important for you to become focused on this great work. There is no greater job than the job of being a shepherd. Turn with me to John chapter 20. John chapter 20, 21. John chapter 21, and we are going to, let's read from verse 1. After these things, Jesus manifested himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And he manifested himself, are you there? In this way. This particular chapter is one of the main reasons why I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Because this whole chapter would have to be invented if he he didn't rise from the dead. You get it? I mean, you have to really create a whole story of all this. That he came to the sea, he talked to them, he told them this. And that means you have to be an invention. Of a, of a liar of the highest order. Do you get it? Yeah. So let's read on. And um, Simon Peter said, well, Simon Peter called Didymus, were together. And Nathaniel and the sons of Debedi and two of his other disciples were together. And Simon Peter said to them, I go, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we also will come with you. Okay? Now, if you have a pastor who's doing something wrong, you shouldn't go with him. We, are, we teach loyalty. 
Do you get it? But everything that we teach and everything that is true has a part, gets to a place that is not true. Loyalty has a point where it's not true. Love has a part where what you call love is like kindness, gentleness, patience. There's a point where that love, patience, gentle, kind is wrong. It's wrong to be gentle. It's wrong to be kind. It's wrong to be Take, it's wrong to even take your time. Just always take your time. Take your time. It's good to take your time. There's a time when taking your time will kill you. Yeah. So every, every, it's a sausage and a message. <laughs> so every truth has a point at which it is not true. It is not true. For instance, with our churches, we have had a lot of uh, the full-time missionaries. I mean, most of you are not full-time, but I might as well just say it. They have been, they, we, teach, we teach not to be independent, you know, but now we are teaching them to be independent because the dependence is too much. You cannot have 16-year-old sucking the nipple. 17 years old, 10 years old, we sent you on the mission field. Five years, 10 years, we are still sending money to you. Do you understand? So the dependence is too much, and we are dying. The nipples are finished. <laughs> so, so that has become, so you realize that now we are teaching that you have to be mature. Every mature person becomes independent. Doesn't depend on people. Independent also means non-dependent. It's the non-dependence part of independence that is good. You see, Ghana has got independence from Britain. But we have not had non-dependence. Our independence did not come with non-dependence. Do you see? Uh Uh-huh. So the best part of independence is the non-dependence. And we don't depend. Uh-huh. So when you grow up, you become mature. You don't depend on your parents. Then to send money. This, that. You rather have to send money to them. Isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> so every truth has a point at which it becomes untrue. You get it. All right. Let's go on. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. And they said, we will also come. And they went out and got into the boat. And that night, they caught nothing. But when the day was now breaking, Jesus stood on the beach. And yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. So Jesus said to them, children... You do not have any fish, do you? And they answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right hand side of the boat and you will find a catch. So they cast and they were not able to haul it in because of the great number of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. It is the Lord. There are some things when they happen, you should say, it is the Lord. The way the thing is, you know, it is the Lord. <laughs> yeah. 
That is why it is John who had all the visions. Because Peter couldn't see the way the fish have come. He thought it, he thought it was just natural. But John said, no. There's something strange about the fish. We have been fishing all night here. We haven't caught anything. That one maybe you can say is natural. Then we've cast the, boat, the, fish, the net on the other side. And we are catching. As John was pulling the fish up, he said, no, this is not a normal fish. The man who told us is Jesus. The man who told us is Jesus. I can see something abnormal. You know, spiritual people are supposed to detect things that are happening spiritually. Because for everything, there is a natural reason. But there is also often a prophetic or a spiritual reason for what is happening. Oh yeah, for the same thing. Keep your hand in John. Go to Matthew. I'll show you. These are not really part of the goals, but they are also good. Are you there? Now, have you found Matthew chapter 2? Are you there? Now, let's read verse 10 just to give a bit of context. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And after coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream, not to return to Herod, the Magi, or Magi, or Magi, left for their own country by another way. Verse 13, which is where we're trying to get to. This is the three wise men, remember? They came, worshipped Jesus, and they went. That alone also should show you one thing, that having a spiritual leader is not by age. You see, they was born baby, and they were coming to worship. And they were coming with offerings. Yeah. Yeah, that should show you something. You see, sometimes we bring our natural things into the church and say that since I'm the older one, I'm the leader. You get it? And since I am this, then I am whatever. And by my education, by my this and by my that. And sometimes even man and woman, sometimes the woman is a better leader than the man. It takes a certain level of spirituality. Like the church I just came from in Singapore. I'm just coming in from Singapore this morning. The church that I, I, I was in, there, they've been there for 41 years. I mean, it's a ministry that I've been there for 41 years. The pastor of the church is the mother, the wife. Her husband gave her the church. I remember years ago in Korea when she was preaching and she, she spoke about that. And her husband said she, she should pastor the church. And he was, going, was planting churches in the Philippines so that she pastors the church. And she, and she said she should just give him money to plant the churches. She didn't give him problems at all. She just gave him money. He needs, he needs a lot of money to do the church planting in the Philippines. So, they've been planting churches. They planted over 300 churches in the Philippines. That is the 
husband. He goes there all the time, several times. He's always in the Philippines. Philippines is a very poor country, a lot of people. You know? Now, when I was there, they, they told me their son, they are handing the church over to their son. He was supposed to hand over in January. But now the mother is handing over to the son to become the pastor of the church. So, from, so he's begged for one year uh, delay. And then from January, they are handing over to their son. Who's going to be the pastor? You get it? And they will all be in the church. So it's, it's all by age. You see, the baby was born. They were coming with gifts. They were coming to honor. They were coming to worship. They were coming to give offerings. You get it? So don't be too conscious. Especially, depending on where you come from. Some people are very conscious of... Some tribes are very conscious of that they are men. That they are this or that. You know? Sometimes you can say that this person is better at the thing. So allow the person to do it and follow. You may, he may be younger, but he may be a better leader and you may be a better assistant. What do you think? Read on, read on. We are still reading. Now when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up! Take the child and his mother and flee! And remain there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. Because these guys were supposed to come back and tell Herod about the baby. So Joseph got up and took the child while his mother and his mother, while it was night. And left for Egypt. He remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken out of the mouth of the Lord through the prophet. Through the prophet. Out of Egypt. I called my son. Amen. Amen. Now, why did Jesus go to... You know, why, why, why I'm telling you this? It's because of the fish. I'm tracing it from the fish. That has brought us to this place. The fish that John saw, he saw that there's something about this fish. Why did Joseph and Mary take Jesus to Egypt because Herod was going to come and kill him. But the Bible also says that Herod and Moses took him to Egypt. This was to fulfill a prophecy and a word that out of Egypt I have called my son. So it looked as if they were running away from Herod but actually they were fulfilling a prophetic word that has been spoken. So, they actually, something prophetic was happening. So, there were two reasons for the same event. One was this prophetic reason, and the other was the apparent natural reason. So, one of them looked like it's the right side that there were fish. But the real reason was that because Jesus had said, cast it to the right hand side. And because Jesus was trying to prove to them something. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So there, 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 there's one reason why you came here. The reason why you came to London. The reason why you came to Manchester. Are you getting what I'm saying? To, 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 to get your education or to, to hustle or whatever you came here to do. Do you get it? Or maybe your parents brought you here. Or this is the reason. But there, there's also a prophetic reason. Maybe that God brought you here to train you. That, that, that may be the reason why 
He brought you just to train you. Just to stabilize you. Just to clean you up from your mess. And just to orient you. Maybe to fulfill a word that out of London I will call my son. Out of London I will call my daughter. Out of London I will call my child. Yeah. So it looks like the reason you came is for a job. For school. For this. For that. For money. But I want you to be like John, not like Peter, who couldn't see. Because John is the one who had the visions. He was sensitive. If it was you who had had all these visions, you would have said, I'm having a nightmare. You wouldn't have written it down. But John wrote it down. And you should have seen one time I saw a documentary on the book of Revelations. On Discovery Channel or something. And the way they presented the thing. It made John look so silly. Like somebody was having nightmares. And they were drawing the things. A dog with two heads. A, a, a lion with seven heads. And so it's like a child who is imagining things. With a very wild imagination. You know. So try to be spiritual. In your thoughts. Don't see me naturally. See me spiritually. Even if you are older than me or wiser than me or more educated than me. Or even that you have studied more accounts than me. Don't think about that. Think about the spirit. And what could be happening prophetically. There could be a prophetic scripture or a word and a determination of God. That is being fulfilled by you being here at this time. Hey, may it come to pass in Jesus' name. Okay, back to the fish. Go back to John. Verse 7, 21 verse 7. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. So when Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put his outer garment on, for he was stripped for work, and he threw himself into the sea. That's another good revelation. You see, John had the revelation, but when Peter heard it, he acted. That's why he was the leader. Did you get it? Because sometimes you have a revelation and you understand it, but you don't move. Uh-huh. Do you see? It's a sausage. <laughs> you, see, you have the revelation. You, you hear about mission work. You understand it very well. You, in fact, you understand it first. But because you don't move, and you are just thinking, melancholic thoughts are just going through your mind. You, are, you, you never become the... Because the leader is the one who is in front. The leader is, is always must be a step ahead of the people that he's following. So when you are leading people and the people around are forcing ahead of you, then you, you might realize that you are not the leader. You get it? So... When God gives you a revelation, like for instance, branches, starting of branches. I was sitting in somebody's office. He was, he was, he explained to me why branches are important, but he didn't start branches. He said, branches are important because there is the transportation in the city. This, this, this. He explained. When I left the office, I said, ah, branches are important. <laughs> and I started to form branches. That was before we had started even the first branch in Accra. Oh, yeah. And I said, let me start a branch in Adenta and a branch in 
a chimota in a, in Accra and a branch different. I started three or four. I said, oh, because it's far. That's what started the branches. So you may have the revelation, but you are just in the, it's the powerful message. <laughs> we are really blessed with this revelation that the Lord has sent to us at this time. Thanks be to God for his powerful inspiration. And you will not move. He will not take a step. But as for Peter, when he heard from John that it is the Lord, ah, he was moving. And that is why he was the rock. No matter how you want to say that he was not the rock, you were talking to him when they said he was the rock. Yeah, they were talking to him when they said he was the rock. At least the rock is associated with Peter. <laughs> and in this story, Jesus talks to, John, to Peter, not to John. Spend time talking to Peter. So you sit there in your in, inactivity, inaction, paralysis of analysis. <laughs> analyzing and analyzing and thinking. So you can do nothing. You watch. Therefore, the disciple, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. So when Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, threw himself into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat. You see? Coolly they came sailing. Uh, some people when they are cooking, serving, they are like, they are, they are sailing. Shh, coolly. One thing that you bring, it's like hours. <laughs> hey! By the time you brought the crowd, we are tired. We don't like it again. <laughs> but the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from the land, about 100 yards away, dragging the net full of fish. But Jesus thought, Peter thought, Jesus was more important than the fish. So when they got out of the land, they saw a charcoal fire already laid, and the fish placed on it, and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to the land full of large fish. 153. Although there were so many, the net was not torn. Amen. Please, all these details are important. 153. The net is not torn. Do it on this side. It works the whole night. It doesn't work. It's all part of the message which Jesus was giving. Some of you, you may fish for eight days without fish. You won't see that you are not getting fish. You may see Jesus giving you fish and bread. Jesus had, what they were looking for, Jesus had prepared it for them. Already roasted fish. Seasoned with bread, spiced, grilled fish. That is why on Easter Monday we eat fish. After resurrection, we eat fish. It's our tradition. Those of you who don't know. So, <laughs> so whatever you are looking for in London, in the world, from Pharaoh, Jesus has it already. That is why some of us who are working for God 
are far more better off than some of you who cannot leave hold of Pharaoh's pyramids. The things that you are looking for have been roasted for us. We are eating them with bread. Yeah. But I, I want to say this because, you see, God wants you to take note of things that are happening in your life that you are supposed to notice. Unusual things. Resistant things. Some of you, you are, you are in the UK and the UK has been resistant to you. It is not yielding the money that you want it to yield. You are fish on this side for years and there is nothing coming. It's now what? Negative fishing. You are now throwing into the, the sea. You owe the sea more than the sea has given you. We cancel all owing of fish in Jesus' name. Simon Peter went up and drew the net. Now Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples ventured to question him. Who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. And Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and the fish likewise. All that they were searching for, Jesus gave it to them. This is now the third time that Jesus was manifested to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. The first time was when he came and Thomas was not there. The second time was when he came and Thomas was there and he told Thomas, feel it, look at it, I'm real. And this is the third time with the fish and the roasted fish, grilled fish and bread. That's the third time. All right, toasted, toast and grilled fish. (laughs) Verse 15. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Than these. And he said to them, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to them, tend my lambs. It is this passage of scripture that greatly motivated me to be a shepherd and a pastor because I realized that it was one of the most precious things to God that somebody should look after his sheep and his lambs he really loves the people that he died for and the people that have given their lives to Christ God really really loves that he cares for his sheep the people he sees them as lambs and sheep doesn't see them as bad people useless people Wicked people, he sees them as precious people that he really likes. And he really, this is the passage that motivated me greatly to become a shepherd and a pastor. To care for people. I've always had my mind, care for people, look after people. Look after them, care for them. All the things that I have written is out of care. You know, if you read the marriage counseling manual, it's out of care to talk about this, about this, about this. Helping people. Oh! It's, 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 it's so important to Jesus. That's why he called Peter aside. And said, what are you doing? He said, what are you doing? I've trained you. This, 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 that. You're going fishing. To find all this. What you went to find 
I'm showing you my power. It is my power that will give that thing to you. What you are looking for. So he said, you think about my lamps. Look after my lamps and I will bless you to the point that your problem will be how to look after the things that I'm giving you. That your net is going to break. Because they knew that this net, it should have broken. That's why they always mend their nets. Oh yes. If you don't believe I'll tell you, God can bless you so much for looking after his sheep. That's why I want to tell you, decide to look after. When you see somebody is saved, somebody is in the church, somebody has come, take your heart out and be a good shepherd with your life and and love the people and care for them. See the people as sheep. See them as people who don't know much, who are out of the way. Who need God? Who need care? Who need love and attention? Look, the people, they don't really mind what you preach. Oh. If you love somebody, the person will respond to you. Oh, yeah. People really, look, that is why you see churches, you don't, the person who preach, you don't understand his preaching. They say things, you don't know what. They, I have come to a point where I've realized that it's not how well you preach and what really you say. The people need to see a strong leader standing there who cares for them truly, they will respond to you. I always tell people, I say, when I am dead, the people that work for me, they will not work for you. Because you don't know why they work for me. Yeah. They will do anything for me. They will die even for me. But those people that have been faithful to me and some have been loyal to me, it's not that, so, okay, since you are the administrator of this, therefore get to the job. The person look and say, we don't wave hand like that here. We don't wave hand like that. When you are sending, we don't wave. Yeah. My father, he will, he will move the eyelid and I will move. But I don't wave your hand like that. Let this be the last time. <laughs> uh, huh? <laughs> Let this be the last time you wave your hand like this. Yeah. People don't respond just because it's an institution. Or just because, just because it's an institution. Or just because uh, they, they say that all overseers should this. Or they say all oh, shepherds. People don't do. People don't obey things because of that. They know why they are obeying the things. Yeah. One day I, I had, you know, I had, a, I remember a couple that I, I love them. Because the people that I'm, I'm working with or I work with or I'm sending it, I love them. They know that I love them. That's why they, that's why they go. Sometimes to their apparent death. So one day, one of the, uh, I was talking to one of the administrators. She was writing to them, talking to them. I said, look, when you are talking to these people, talk to them with care. Eh? With care. Because you don't know why this person went there. I told, and I told one of them, I said, listen, I was standing at a camp. I think it was a camp where they meeting somewhere in one country. And I held the two of them. I said, they felt that I love them and I also, I love them and I know that they love me. And I held them and I said, come to Ghana. Leave your country and come. And they just, they left everything and they came. I said, when you are telling them, be careful, even your hand, you are waving, be careful with your hand. You don't know why they are doing what they are doing. They are not doing it because it's an institution. Because Jesus said, turn my land. If you know what it means to turn it, you rub them. 
You wash them. You bath them. Well, you see, let, let me tell you. When you read the Bible, when you read the Bible, that thing that David did, that thing that David did when he went to sleep with Bathsheba, you know, it was not just, it was described by God. He said there was a man. He had thousands of flocks. And there was another man. And he had only one. And it was like unto him like a little lamb. That he loved. It was like, it was like a daughter. See, shepherding is like looking after daughters. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Because when, when, a, when a father is looking after a daughter, he is kinder. He is kinder to them. Yes. It is true. Yes. He's kinder. And he has a softer approach to their whole situation. Because the looking after that little iwi lamb was looking after a little daughter. It was a daughter to him. That's what the prophet came to say. It's like looking after a daughter. That's what, when I say be a good shepherd, I mean, you must aim. That must be your aim. You see, and that is where you're extending it beyond how you look after your two, three children. As for your two children, we know you look after them with eyes of care and love. There are some parents who, are, who don't care, but most parents care. It's like your child. And that is how a church is. And that is what God is looking for. For people who will come and look at. And this was the only thing he asked uh, this man, Peter. He said, do you love me? Three times. To tend my lambs. Care for them. Care for them. That's why when a sheep, a sheep leaves you, you know, true shepherd, it will hurt you. It must hurt you because... You've also cared for them with your time, with your life. And then they just walk away. You know, they don't even say bye-bye. No bye-bye. No thank you. They don't say why. You always wonder why. Why they don't come. You know, I remember recently one, one lady, she died in, um, in Ghana. But the only thing I remember her for her was she joined our church for a little while and then she left suddenly. And she never said why. Hey. And she, hey, I went to her house. I prayed for her. She's one of the people that I've prayed for that were slain in their rooms. I mean, in their sitting rooms. In the family. Oh, prayed for her, for her husband. Visited them. Them visit. In their shop. Oh, she just stopped coming. So when I heard that she was dead, that's all I remember. I remember that time. You get it? So being a shepherd is about caring for people. And all of you ladies, ladies, hmm? are you the ladies? You need more love. Because contrary to what you think, 
the ladies have less love. They have love for their husband, love for their children, and then after that, remainder two. You need patience. You need patience and love. You get it? What do you think? It's just like bathing. You would think that ladies bath more than men. A lot of women don't like bathing. <laughs> you see them looking very beautiful. When they go, they won't bath. The whole day you are sweating, we win, poo poo, everything. You won't bath. Ah! It's not fine. I say, no fine. <laughs> no fine. And when your husband says, you just say something. All right. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. You see, tend my lambs. Your shepherding skills and your shepherding work is a demonstration of your love for Jesus. Do you love me? Chris, that's why God sent you to France. If you love me, I have sheep there that he wants you to look after. Like how you went to look after the people in Birmingham. Birmingham, are you here? Did they come and look after you there? Uh-huh. That's why you are alive. Wolf haven't eaten you yet. Snake hasn't beaten you yet. Scorpion has not beaten you yet. Because somebody came to look after you. It's the great, one of the greatest manifestations of your love for Jesus. Is being a shepherd and a good shepherd. Who cares for the people with your heart and your life. And he said to him a second time. Simon. Son of John. Even as I read it, it's painful to me. Do you love me? Because I can imagine. And he said to him, yes Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, this is the new American Bible. He says, shepherd my sheep. Shepherd my sheep. They are my sheep. You know, like Rick Joyner was walking near the Buckingham Palace. And then he suddenly heard a voice saying, what will you do when you meet the queen? He said, what? Am I going to meet the queen? He thought that God had revealed to him that he was about to meet the queen. Because he was in his hotel was near... Buckingham Palace. So he started to think of protocol because he's an American. He doesn't know how. I used to, are you allowed to shake hands? Do you salute? How, how do you stand? Do you say good evening? Because you know when you are going like when you're going to see the Pope and so they'll tell do not shake his hand. Do not touch him. You know like how President Bush likes tapping people on the back like that all the time. All those are improper protocol behaviors. You get it? Always tapping world leaders at the back like if they are small boys. You know? <laughs> You've not noticed it before. Huh? 
you guys are doing a great job. <laughs> they don't touch him. Don't. Benny Hill was going to see the Pope. They told him all those things before he went. Don't touch. Don't shake. Don't do. Don't do so many things. Just stand there or sit, whatever. So he was wondering, what am I going to do when I see the Queen? And he was just thinking of what to do. And the Lord said, My church is my Queen. My people are my Queen. They are my princess. My daughter, my little lamb. Huh? How will you treat them? You know? So, brothers and sisters, we must, we must have the heart. You know? So, sometimes when I see pastors who just abandon the church, so I'm going somewhere. I'm going to do something. Then just walk away. I just marvel. I realize that. Because me, I couldn't leave the church. There were just a few in Kolegono. I couldn't leave them. I couldn't leave them. Just a little square like that. I couldn't leave them. When everybody was leaving, I couldn't leave. What will I do with these people? I have to care for them. They are important. They are great people. They are wonderful people. I have to love them. Do their weddings. Care for them. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the shepherd. Shepherd my sheep. You love, you like me. You love me. Shepherd my sheep. Look after my little lambs for me. They are my little, my daughter. I, mean, I have a little daughter like that. You know, little one like that. When I, when I was traveling, you know, I feel in my heart, she's the one I even think. The others, they, they, are, they don't even mind me. They have grown up. <laughs> the little one, she, she. When I was traveling, I was going to Singapore. She just came. She stood in front of me. She just looked in my eyes like that. Then she turned around and started crying and went away. Went upstairs. Oh, the shepherd, you see, you see, it was like a little daughter, small one. But the children, the smaller they are, the more you feel. As they grow, then they become hard. Their faces become hard. You just look at said, clear out of the room before I... <laughs> are you listening to me? Yeah. Shepherd. Then verse 17, and he said to him the third time, Simon, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved. And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. Now, dear, the way the question has come, I don't want to talk about the fish. I don't want to talk about how I went fishing and all these things. You see, sometimes Jesus doesn't say things clearly. But he's speaking. The 153 sheep fish. The net that they didn't break. It's a message. I said, it's a message. The 153 fish is a message to you. You see, Chris, your church that work in Birmingham is a message to you. Those of you who are pastors, lay pastors in play, your church that have work is a message to you. It's a message of who you are. It's a message of your calling. It's a message of your life's work. It's a message of what you have to do with your life. It's a message. When Catherine Kuma had one miracle, it was a message to her. Just one miracle. One miracle in the church. It was a message to her. By the time she died, you should have seen the number of miracles that had happened. All kinds of things. But that one miracle, it was a message. After she divorced, 
When she went around and around, no one, everywhere she goes, they'll call and say, this woman, you have invited very dangerous woman. She went and married somebody, husband, the woman, the man had two little children. The man left for this woman. One time she was invited, she traveled, she arrived. She checked into a hotel, she was coming to preach in the evening. And this guy called members of the church said that the woman you have invited, it will be a very serious thing for you to allow her to preach in the church. It will bring too much scandal. He had to call her. She had traveled, flown, and come and call her up and say, I'm very, very sorry about this. You know, because it was not really a problem to me, but the people have brought it up and it's going to be a big issue for me to allow you. You have to go back. All the program that has been we cancel. But she went to a town. That town was called Franklin. Do you, know, you know that town in America? Franklin, I think in Ohio. Or Franklin somewhere. Or Tennessee, I don't know. Franklin, that's the name of the town. For the two years, two and a half to three years that she was, she left her husband. And she was trying to start again. It was only Franklin that they never brought up that topic. Only that place. For all the different places she went to, it was only Franklin that they didn't bring up the topic of her marriage. (laughs) So after going around and around and around, she decided to go to Franklin again. Because that was the only place that had not brought up that thing. You see, what I'm trying to say is that there are events that are also messages to you. Why do you think Jesus didn't talk about the fish and the boat and his training and all the things they had done? It just, there was a message. And that's why they told us the number of fish. You think Jesus cares about the number of fish? Why do you think it's in the Bible? Number of fish, the net didn't break on the right and on the left. What's the difference between the right and the left of a small boat? Oh, please. So she went to Franklin. And Franklin, nobody brought out the topic. And in fact, after she was there for some time, and God blessed and the church was full, then somebody sent the message that she was divorced, and, but it came to the sheriff, who was a member of her. So the, instead of the sheriff publishing it, he came to see her in the house. Knock on the door. When she opened the door to the sheriff, she said, I, am, I have this that you have divorced, blah, blah, blah. She bowed her head. Said, the ghost has come back. But the man said, Miss Kuman, I'm not going to publish it. I'm keeping it. And I just serve you the notice. And I'm keeping it. She's, and she looked at him and she said, thank you. Thank you. Hey. Thank you. It was only in that town that, first of all, they didn't bring it up. She was allowed to start. And when the thing came, I came to fall into the hands of somebody who will not destroy her. And he also heard it. Wow. It's a message. I said, it's a message. Yeah. And her ministry developed and, and was growing. But you know, a point came when there was another town bigger, which was Pittsburgh. You know, the, the people kept telling her, you have to move. She said, unless the roof of the church falls. And one day, 
there was a storm. Snowstorm. It, it said, even that day they were supposed to have service. It said, nobody could move. Tick like this. And the roof of the church fell down. It's a message. She moved. She moved straight to Pittsburgh. And she bought a house in an area called Fox Chapel. And she lived there till she died. Yeah. So you see, brothers and sisters, things that are happening are also there. They are spiritual. Spiritually, they are spirit, there is a spiritual significance to many of the things that happen. And a person's life and ministry is never really in one place or one location. It usually goes from one to different places to fulfill your calling. Usually from here, then there, then there, then there. That is it. So allow God to take you on and develop you in whichever area. Don't be afraid. You know, to move on. Amen. Amen. Are you there or you've gone home? All right. Do you love me? Do you love me? He said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. Amen. So, I believe that to be a good shepherd, you become somebody who will give his very life. And I'm giving you three goals. And one goal is that what I've been talking about all this time is what? Be a good shepherd. And a good shepherd, he gives his life. Greater love has no man than this. Than a man should lay down his life for his friend. That is the kind of love. Huh? How many want to be good shepherds? Open your hearts. God so loved three quarters of the world. God so loved the white people. God so loved the black people. God so loved the whole world. What do you think? He loved the whole world. The whole world. Not just part of the world. Love, love must be in your heart. Open your spirit. So that you can welcome all kinds of people. All countries. All speaking way of talking. All types of people. Jesus died for them. Can I have an amen? Amen. All accents. Okay. Very good. Very good. Tell somebody, very good, very good. Okay. Now, number three. Number two. Second goal of a shepherd is to become a great shepherd. Now, the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Amen. He brought again that great shepherd. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus was described as a great shepherd. So I want you to be a good shepherd, but then I want you to become a great shepherd. Now what is a great? When somebody is a great in something, it means he has become successful or famous in that thing that he's doing. Amen. 
You do not become successful and famous as you are pastoring your 10 people or your 20 people. You can become greater and you can become such a shepherd that you will be great. That what you are doing will be great. Are you listening to me? And you'll be great in it. You can be a doctor. You can be a great doctor. Like in Ghana, for instance, we have Dr. Konote Ahulu. He discovered uh, a type of sickle cell. All right, which is called colibu sickling or something. S colibu. Is your your uncle? Whose uncle is it? Is your uncle? Yeah. He discovered it. Do you remember what it is? S. What? We have different types of sickling. S C S A. No, no. What is it exactly that he? Yes, and which is called colibu. Yes. He picked up something. So it's named after Kolebu or something. I don't know. A great doctor. Isn't it? How many would like, if you are going to have a heart surgery, how many would like a great heart surgeon to operate on you? Or you would like a dentist to come and operate on you? <laughs> would you like a dentist to come and do your heart surgery for you? No, you would like a great doctor. How many would like a junior doctor to come and do it? Or a learning doctor to come and do it? Or an apprentice doctor? How many would like a great doctor? And it's the same thing. When people are being pastored, they don't want an apprentice pastor. Or a junior pastor. Or a learning pastor. They want a great pastor to be their pastor. Hey! May you be a great shepherd. Hallelujah. You know, the sheep turn out in the way they turn out because of the kind of shepherd that is shepherding them. Because you have some shepherds there, they don't have access to certain green pastures. When they are leading their sheep and they get to a place that is green, they don't have money to pay to enter. So they have to turn away to the desert areas. All the sheep have to follow them. But there are certain great shepherds. When they arrive there and they see them at the gate, they open and say, well, you are welcome, sir. And all the sheep follow you. Yeah. There are certain great shepherds. They can call, bring medicine. And they come inject all the sheep. There are certain great shepherds. They have medicine to wipe. Wrap the sheep. They can do so many things for their sheep. Huh? So... You must aim, are you listening to me, to be a great shepherd. Yeah. Not just a dentist shepherd. You know? Who is just in charge of some aspect. Amen. Number three. You must aim to become a chief shepherd. Jesus was, <laughs> Jesus was a good shepherd. He was a great shepherd. And he was also a chief shepherd. Amen. And when the chief shepherd, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4. When the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. First Peter chapter 5 and 
verse number four. When the chief shepherd. A chief shepherd is somebody who does what? He looks after other shepherds. Isn't it? He's the chief of the shepherds. When you have the people in the village, the chief of the village is the head of the other villages. He's also a villager, even though he's a chief. But he's the chief of the villages. He's the main villager. He's the leading villager. He's the villager over all villages. He's the villager who cares for other villages. Because he's the chief. But he's still a villager at the end of the day. Are you understanding what I'm saying? <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, a, a chief shepherd is a chief of other shepherds. That is why we are, we are some people call us under shepherds. And he is the real shepherd. And all of us are shepherds under him. So you must also aim to become a chief shepherd. That is a shepherd who is in charge of other shepherds. That is an overseer. Somebody who oversees churches. Now there are two types of overseers. Inheritor overseers. And then uh, 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 developing overseers. Inheritors are people who they carve out churches. They say, these four churches take. And then there are overseers who develop, train people and send people and start churches. Do you see? Like the churches that I have, it, the churches that I'm overseeing in South Africa, in Ghana, in England, in America, they are not churches that Let's say Baptist church. They say we don't like all our churches in America. We have dashed you the ones in America. Or in England, all the Anglican, three of the Anglican churches say we don't, we don't like these three Anglican churches. So come and take them. <laughs> Nobody carved out some churches and gave to me. Now, and so when you inherit church like that, you are an overseer but of a lesser rank. Uh-huh. Because the thing that you have inherited, you didn't create it. You didn't build it. And you don't know how to create or build. Do you see? So you have to aim to be an overseer. That is somebody who even they will see in you the ability to oversee other shepherds. But even greater than that is to become a creator shepherd or developing shepherd. Or developer shepherd. Somebody who trains people, send them out. I sent Pastor Richard to London. I didn't get Anglican priests to touch me their churches. I went to America to start a church. Do you understand? Yeah. yeah. That's how come I have shepherds that I oversee in America. I went there to start intentionally. I intentionally went to start. It didn't happen accidentally. I went to America. So I'm going to start a church in America. And I stayed in Dr. Nosh's house. Yeah. I started a church there. Not in the house, but I stayed in the house. That was my dwelling place. That is where I lived and operated from. It was my operational base. <laughs> and from there, I started a church. Do you understand? Intentionally. And that's why we want to have shepherds in Poland. Do you understand? In Prague. Do you know Prague? Yes, we want to have shepherds in Ukraine. 
when we have shepherds, Russian shepherds, Hungarian shepherds. I recently went to the Ukraine and I saw there was a Ghanaian pastor called Fred Taylor. Over 1,000 people, everybody's white. White, like there's no, I mean, there's no black person in the church. His wife's a white lady, all the worship leaders. He doesn't speak a word of English in the church. Just this language, he's speaking. Hey! And he's caring for this Ukrainian sheep. He's living there. His children are playing piano, having exams, doing whatever. Oh, it's nice to see fruits in all these places. And we can have these fruits. You see, intentionally, we can go to these places intentionally. With our intention, we can create it. That's how you become a chief shepherd. You don't just sit there and say, if the Lord will provide unto me, whatever his will is, I'm ready. You are ready for what? Don't be silly. Rise up. Rise up. And go and intentionally start a church. Yeah. Today I have sheep in Madagascar. Madagascar, Madagascar, Madagascarian sheep. Yeah, in Madagascar. I have sheep there. Recently somebody visited a church there and sent me a text. He said, you have sheep here. Madagascar, I don't know how they say Madagascan sheep or Madagascarian sheep or whatever. I see all you have sons and daughters in Madagascar. Intentionally. Because one day I had a little vision of something. I saw Madagascar. And a particular person. I, I particularly sent him there. That's why. Because it wouldn't have even come to my mind. There are some places you send people intentionally. Some places you just send because the next one. Yeah. It's the next town. Yeah. We don't have to pretend to be over spiritual. That everything we are doing is from a vision. It is not true. No. <laughs> Are you listening to me? Yeah. Not everything is from a vision. A lot of things are the next thing that is you are doing. God that God hasn't said don't do. That's what you are doing. He hasn't said don't do it. Amen. Are you listening to me? So all pastors here, every single one of you, every single one of you must aim to be good. Ladies, you must be good. I have a good, I can mention some good lady pastors like Philippa here. She's one of the good lady pastors that we have. Yeah. And I have a, a lady pastor in, in America. Uh, she's gone to America, but she's, she's in Ghana. Kate Alot is a very good lady pastor. They are strong and they can oversee. So she, she's also a chief shepherd. She can oversee people. Yeah. They are good. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying to you, you, you must rise up. Not, first of all, to be good at it. Hey, the people, the people, they must, they must love you. Shepherding is about love. Yeah. Let me tell you the secret. It's about life. You, you see, loyalty is natural when there is love. Uh-huh. Have I told you the story about Margaret? (laughs) 
Have I told you about Margaret? <laughs> this is the first time. <laughs> Thou shalt not lie. Not here. <laughs> but I'll tell you, I'll tell you about Margaret. But what you must know is that when you think that somebody loves you, you, you know the person is committed to you. Know the person will wait for you. You know the person is there. It's about love. So you know the person is there for you because the person loves you. Are you listening to me? So I want you to aim huh, to be good. And, and, and all that you need to pray for. Do you know my two topics I pray for most now? Huh? I pray for love. Yeah. You see, at first, I, you see these things in the Bible, they don't look powerful. Praying for love. Love, I'm always praying for love. Because the people who had beastly problems in heaven, in rejoinest vision, they didn't have love. That was the main, what, there are two things. Love. Pray for love. That was Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 3. That you may be rooted and grounded in love. That having been rooted and grounded in love, you may understand the length and the depth and the breadth and the height. You see, when you love somebody, you will begin to know the length and the depth and the breadth and the height. Many of you will catch the anointing if you are looking for even the anointing that is in my life. You will catch it if you start to love me. Not, not to know about me. Not to sympathize with me. Not to like me, but to love. If you love me, you will start to know the length and the depth and the breadth and the height of me. Anything you love, you begin to know the length, the depth, the breadth, the height. You see, like if you love weddings, you are going to have a wedding. You know the length and the depth of that. Where is a wedding dress found? Types of wedding dresses. Well, I met somebody recently, the person had no beloved, has planned the whole wedding already. Wedding dress, this, that, everything, but there is not even a beloved. The length, the breadth, the height, the depth of weddings, wedding dresses, bridesmaids, everything, because it's a passion. I don't have that passion. I don't even know where these dresses are sold. I don't know anything about it. I just attended my own wedding and I officiate weddings that I have to officiate. Finish. But anything that you love, like if you love suits, suits, what suits and ties and those kind of things, you will know the length and the breadth and the depth of it. You will know this is, this is like this, this is that, this is this, this is that. The names and all these things. Where they are, how, how much they call. When you see, you even know. Oh, this is equality. Yeah, the length, the depth, the breadth, the height. If you love, if you have a certain love, you see beyond the message. You see, this means this. This means this. This means that. You you start to see more things. You understand more. You see it in a way. When you love your sheep, you see the length. You see. You know why the person... You see, one time, I remember one of our pastors, he went to sleep with somebody. And he, and he came. But you see, later on, he was explaining 
you know, he was explaining something. No, if you love somebody, eh, you will also think about the explanation. It's explained that, you see, my wife also went to sleep with somebody. So he realized that his wife who has also slept with somebody has affected him. Then you also feel that, ah, after what? You also do, and I also do one, one, draw. Yeah. <laughs> so you are not saying that it's right, oh, but you sort of, you sort of see the length of the thing. How far it has, it, it, where it came from. You see, it, it's, it's longer than you thought it, or it's wider, it's deeper, it's, it, the depth is, one day I saw somebody, the person couldn't stop quarreling. There are, some, there are some people who can't stop quarreling. Oh no. Oh no. But I look at the person and I began to have compassion. Because I saw longer. I saw that no. Based on the tribe of the person. <laughs> Based on the tribe. <laughs> the length. I suffer. You see, one day, a lady from Jamaica... A lady from Jamaica came to our church and then she was, she was speaking and she was talking. She said she was speaking and she was hearing different people were speaking, but she couldn't understand. Then afterwards she came, she asked my wife, what language is this? There is a certain language that sounds warlike. <laughs> and there is another language that sounds calmer. And romantic or means nicer. What is that and what is this? And she told them, that one is that one. <laughs> the warlike one is the quarreling tribe. They are always quarreling about something. They cannot stop. Hey! Hey, <laughs> I had, I had compassion. I said, compassion. So I realized that it, it is from far. This thing came from somewhere. Uh-huh. It's, it's far. Are you listening to me? Yeah. M- m- many people think about Nigerians as being corrupt. And many Nigerians are corrupt. But when you, when you, if you love them, oh, there are many. I mean, it's, it's, it's all over. It's worldwide. But when you look at them with love, if you look at them with love, you will see where it came from. Not that it's right, but the stealing from the heads of the... Nigeria was not like... When my father was alive, he used to drive to Nigeria. He used to drive with his car to Nigeria. Nigeria was never, ever the way it is now. It was a very different place. When they found oil, and they have stolen the heads, the, the heads of state, the extent of the stealing. It's so amazing. Ooh, no fire, no fire. <laughs> when I was coming, I had to go and land in, I had to go and land in uh, Lagos. No light. No light. Years ago, that's about a year ago. They were earning 100 million. When the price of oil went at 100 million dollars a day, a day extra, not, not the normal income from the oil. 
this was extra because the price went. Even now, it has gone. At that time, it was 40 or 50, 60 dollars. It's gone up extra per day. And they don't have oil. I saw it on BBC. They don't have petrol to buy in the, in the, when you are driving. The boys sell it with gallons. It's something. It's... But it is what has caught everybody. That's why they are bombing the pipelines now. When you understand, you realize that, look, it's like we have vampires who have stolen everything. And the people under, it's like, do something for yourself. It has created now a culture. That's what I'm saying. That when you, when you have love, you will see beyond. Even in court, we don't, when we go to somebody has killed someone, they don't just say, yes, we have a picture, you killed the person. They say, no. Why? When you came, your wife was sleeping with somebody took a knife you shot the man so it's a the highest provocation and they say okay because of that you are not sentenced to murder you are sentenced to something else yes so you have to see beyond some of you if you have the length and breadth and depth you see somebody with love you see more about the person so this is why this is why and then when you see this is why you say, oh, come, I like you still. I still like you. Amen. Yeah. You see some sisters, they have slept with so many people. But if you try to understand them, that they just wanted a hug. Just wanted a hug. And then it turned into something. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. It's not that that is what they, that's what they wanted to do, but it was like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Mercy. Some people, they slept with so many people because they were beautiful when they were young. But you were not beautiful when you were. You think, uh... <laughs> yeah. Some girls are not beautiful when they are. And it's an advantage. If you pray for your daughter not to be beautiful when she's young. Oh, yeah. It's very dangerous very very dangerous let her grow before she does her hair and then some small beauty will come yeah. and sometimes and sometimes some of you you were good because you didn't meet a very bad boy hey. guys with words guys with raps guys with experience All the guys you met were SU brothers. All the, the highest rap they had was, it seems your face is familiar. That's all. It seems your face is familiar. That, that's as far as it goes. <laughs> Jesus loves you, so do I.
Jesus loves you, so do I. And then you meet a guy. I love you, baby. <laughs> and then your heart starts to beat. So when you love somebody, you, you start to see more. This person, what? The reason of this thing is something that didn't happen to you, 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 you. So you see, a pastor must have love. Then you see all the... Sometimes when a pastor, you, you ask, why do you accommodate all these people? It's because you have love. Love makes you accommodate a lot of people. You see the person coming, this problem like this, like this. The person, I don't you suck this. We don't suck like that. If you are a pastor, we don't suck. You want to stack people? You just come. Ruby, walk out. <laughs> to the back. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So when, when, when you laugh, that's why I was telling, I was, I was saying, I was telling about what I pray for. Love. If you are rooted, it says, and that the love of God may fill your heart. The love which passes knowledge. That's what it says. It's higher than knowledge. That's why when a pastor stands to minister, the knowledge that he's vomiting out is less important than the love that he is, that is coming from him. Because he says that love which passes knowledge. Love passes knowledge. Oh, yes. The knowledge you have is lower in rank, in importance to compare to the love that you have for the people. I say, when I heard, I remember that because, I, because you see, something happened and they were not treated right. So I was very angry. I said, I thought, I said, were you there? Were you there? When I held them like that, it was in somebody's house and I held them for a long time. And after I left them, I said, come to Ghana. And they, left, they resigned everywhere they were there and they came. There was no information. These are where you stay. This is what you have. There's nothing. Only love is powerful more than anything. The reason why we are following Christ is because of the love that he has shown us. The knowledge, most of us know very little. But we, we feel that he loves us. He must have loved us to die on that cross. For us. And that's what is pulling us. It's pulling us. It's pulling us. It's driving us. Ah, There's a love. He said, which passes knowledge. He said that, pray that, and you say, that you'll be rooted and grounded. That means that your root, the motivation, the root of what you are doing, the, the, the root, the, the where it is coming from. You see, when you say something in root, it's like this message, where is it coming from? This thing you are doing, what, what is the, where, where is it originating from? Oh, when it's originating from the love, that you have for God and for the people. It's different. It passes knowledge. The knowledge that you have. So, these are the six things. Five reasons. This, this, that, that, that. Oh. You don't have an idea. Love is it's very, it's higher. That's why when we talk about Christ, said, greater love has no man than this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you be rooted. Your roots. The depths. The depths, where the thing is coming from. This thing you are talking to the person. This message you are sending. This step you are taking. Where is it coming from? 
Uh-huh. It must come from the love of God. And that's what I felt greatly in my heart that if I love God, I must look after the sheep. That's what made me a, a pastor, a shepherd. I must love sheep. I must care for sheep. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, let, let's, let's look at it in Ephesians chapter 3. And we'll take a break after that. We'll look at the three goals of shepherding. And then we'll come back to types of shepherds. Ephesians chapter 3. Look at verse 14. It says, For this reason, huh, I bow my knees before the Father. Is that not prayer? And you must read it in the American Standard Bible because you understand it better. Where's Isaac? Is he here? Is Isaac at the camp? Do you have American Standard Bibles for sale here? You must have them. We need Bibles. Everybody get new American Standard Bible, okay? Is it clear? The root of my instruction is I don't have any shares in American Standard Bible. I'm not going to get anything. It's rooted and grounded in my love for you. All right? From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives his name. That he will give you according to the riches of glory to be strengthened with power. Verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts. And that you being rooted and grounded in love. You see, being rooted and grounded in love. May be able to comprehend with all the saints. What is the breadth and the length. And the height and the depth, not of anything. See, when I used to read, I used to think it's the length and breadth and height of the love or the length and breadth and height of something. But it's just the length, depth, breadth, and height. When you have love, you see length, breadth, height, depth of something. It's not of God or of love or of Christianity or of the Bible. It's just length depth breadth anything you love you see the length of it the breadth of it the height of it the depth of it that is why you can't receive the anointing until you love the person you you want to catch the anointing from because it's only when your eyes are filled with love that you start to see beyond some of the superficial skills that are presented most ministers have a scale a cloaks that prevents you from seeing. And they, they can't do anything about it. You can't know me by me standing here. I'm not what you see here. I'm, I'm, I'm more that there's, there's a length of me. And there's a breadth. And there's a height. And there's a depth. There's more than what I'm just standing here. Are you there? And then to know the love. Notice verse 19. To know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. That's what I was telling you, remember. Love passes knowledge in its power. That's why I said that a pastor's love is greater and more important than a pastor's knowledge. Oh yeah. What do you think? Hey, shepherds, are you getting it into your spirit? A pastor's love is greater and more important than a pastor's knowledge. The pastor's love will do more in the church. Bring more church growth than knowledge. That's why anytime you get a chance to show love to your sheep. Somebody's there. Something has happened. Rise up. 
your opportunity has come. Because they don't know that you love them. They don't know that. But this thing that has happened to show them that you love them. Or this thing that is coming up to show them that you love them. That's why when a pastor is there for the people. Sometimes you see the person for a long time. I don't know why does this person not leave. That's why I said that. You don't know why this person is working. When the person to whose love they are responding is gone. And you come with your institutional instructions. And we look at you and say, we don't shout here. Our father wasn't shouting. Even when he shouted, we didn't hear the shout. But you on the first day, you are shouting. Let this be the last time that you are shouting. (laughs) Don't shout again over here. We don't tolerate shouting. <laughs> and they'll say, hey! That is, that is why that is why when people become president, they change all the cabinets. Because what that person was responding to, you don't know. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled up, like a shepherd, you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Come sing it for me. Amen. How many want to be shepherds? What type of shepherd do you want to be? A what shepherd? A good shepherd. A great shepherd. And a chief shepherd. I see it be released on your life in Jesus' name.